This is the Action Network Podcast. Crushed it. It's good. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Action Network Podcast. My name is Michael Leboff. I am the hockey editor here at Action. And joining me today for a special midseason NHL betting episode is my friend Pete Blackburn of Bally Sports. And you probably know him from Hockey Twitter. And Pete, we are two-thirds of the way through the NHL season. The trade deadline is less than three weeks away. Uh, so now is as good a time as any to take a look at uh, where things stand in the betting market in the NHL. And we'll start with uh, Stanley Cup odds, the Colorado Avalanche. They're still your clear favorite. They're four to one. Uh, Tampa Bay, five to one. The Florida Panthers, they're eight to one. Toronto Maple Leafs hanging out there at 10 to one. The Vegas Golden Knights also 10 to one. Carolina Hurricanes, 12 to one. The Calgary Flames, God love them, 14 to one. The uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, 16 to one. The Minnesota Wild, 19 to one. Your Boston Bruins, 22 to one. The New York Rangers, they're a fraud, but they're a 22 to one. The St. Louis Blues, 25 to one. Edmonton Oilers under Jake Woodcroft now, 30 to one. Washington Capitals, they're plummeting fast. They're 30 to one. The Nashville Predators, 45 to one. Dallas Stars, 50 to one. The surprising LA Kings, they're 60 to one. Winnipeg Jets, they're 70 to one. The Anaheim Ducks, they've shortened to 80 to one off of uh, a decent first half, but they've kind of floundered of late. Uh, the New York Islanders, the worst team in the world, they're 101. The Canucks are 201. And the San Jose Sharks are 401. We'll cut it there because nobody else really has a chance. Uh, of those names and numbers, which one kind of jumps up the board to you? Uh, I think the Minnesota Wild at 19 to 1. I, I really like that. I mean, their goaltending could use uh, some help as of late. Heading into the trade deadline, things could shift and the outlook could shift. Numbers wise and, and value wise, I think the Wild are a very good team and they've got a strong top six. For the first time in a long time, they've been playing an exciting brand of hockey and they've been finding success. And that Western Conference behind Colorado is pretty wide open. And I think that the Wild are a team that proved last year that they can. You know, they may not be as impressive on paper as a lot of these like elite teams, but they can hang with them in a seven game series. Uh, you know, they they gave Vegas a pretty good run last year. So uh, I think the Wild are, are a team that I would not sleep on. They haven't been playing super well since the All-Star break, but uh, a deep team, a team that's pretty strong up top. And, and I think that they're a team that can hang in the playoffs. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point and, and a reason I wanted to record this before the trade deadline is that there are going to be teams that let's say the wild go out and they get a goaltender, they get Marc-Andre Fleury, they get Simeon Barlamov or whatever, their number is going to shorten because that is their fatal flaw right now is their goaltending. Um, and like you said, they've struggled lately one and six in their last seven. Uh, so this number could keep drifting on them. And I think if you're, if you're looking to buy a team to, to hang with Colorado in that division and maybe pull the upset, the wild are probably the only one with value. Uh, St. Louis has shortened too much since we saw them at the start of the season. Uh, for me, I like the Boston Bruins, uh, 22 to one. And the reason I like Boston is first, we know that GM Don Sweeney loves himself to take us. He loves a swing at the d deadline, Taylor Hall, Rick Nash. I mean, the list goes on and on with uh, the big names that the Bruins have gone after at the trade deadline. They have room to do it. Uh, they could use maybe someone like Claude Giroux from Philadelphia. I think he would also be uh, open to that idea as well. And if they do make that splash, this number should shorten too. They're 22 to one right now. That number drifted from where they were at the start of the preseason. The Atlantic uh, division, Tampa Bay, Florida, Toronto, Boston, that's a gauntlet. But 
when you think about the way these two, these four teams play, uh, Boston's number one in expected goals against this year. They're again, they're number one in, in preventing high danger scoring chances. They're second at uh, pre- shot suppression. So like, this is an, an incredibly good defensive team. The problem is, has been with them this season, uh, scoring and uh, inconsistent goaltending, but they got that sorted out with the way Jeremy Swayman's uh, been playing. So if Boston can add a secondary score at the trade deadline, I think that they are with a sh- within a shot of, of getting out of the Eastern Conference because I think they match up pretty well against teams like Florida and uh, Toronto who play wide open styles of hockey. Those kind of uh, that tempo doesn't really translate well in the uh, in the NHL playoffs. So, yeah, I think the Bruins are, are worth a sprinkle here. Twenty two to one. I don't see this number getting any longer. Uh, I think they're, they might be out at 25 to one at, at, at uh, FanDuel, but if you can find them 20 to one or longer, uh, this is probably going to be the high water mark for Boston. Yeah. And, and like, I, I, I hear all the things you're, you're saying and, and I do agree with them. And I think that like you, you mentioned Don Sweeney and his, his willingness to take shots at the deadline. I think that that's probably going to be amplified a bit this year because uh, as somebody who's from Boston, very close to the Bruins, the 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 temperature on Don Sweeney right now is pretty cold coming off of the offseason that he had. And uh, the the public opinion of him is not super hot. And this team's window is definitely closing. Uh, you know, the, the Patrice Bergeron status is up in the air beyond this year. And I mean, there's some PTSD with David Krejci and what happened with him last year. So it's like, you know, and, and now Tuka Rask also retired. So like we're starting to see the pieces of this core that have been in place for a long time start to drop off. And, uh, you know, if Don Sweeney doesn't take a swing and this team falls short as one and done in the playoffs or something like that could be his job. He could be out of a job this summer if things don't go well down the stretch. So, uh, you know, I think that the desperation factor might be there. He's already kind of mentioned that, you know, they're they're probably going to do something significant at the deadline so again you know i hear what you're saying just for me i look at at that division i look at the eastern conference it's tough man like you got carolina you got you know i mean even in the in the division you have uh tampa you have florida and you say what you want about toronto but like the way that the bruins have played this year is so inconsistent that like i'm not totally confident that they're going to sneak into the into the top three within the division then outside of the division you have carolina like i i know that they don't necessarily aren't like a a super fearsome playoff matchup i think the bruins are like pretty mediocre this year in terms of what they've delivered consistently from an on ice perspective so not crazy about it but i do get what you're saying from an odds perspective yeah it's uh it's just not going to get higher than this year. And like you said, this, this is it last rodeo for Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak core um, in all likelihood. And I, I trust Jeremy Swayman. I've watched him since Tuka Rask retired again. He has been fabulous and I don't see anything in his game that scares me from uh, him not being that game, not being able to translate to a best of seven. And uh, I, yeah, like you said, Sweeney, if he can get, if he lands Claude Giroux, and that second line gets bolstered. You're talking about, you know, Taylor Hall and uh, Claude Giroux on a, on a second line for for a team that already has Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak. There's something there's something to be said about this team. Uh, but yeah, the on ice results, especially through like the first three and a half months of the season for the Bruins, have been pedestrian, which is why you're getting a, a decent chance to to buy in on them right now. 
and I don't have really any emotional attachment to the team, but you do. And it's a good sounding board when you're betting, right. To, to talk to a fan. Cause generally, uh, unless you're, you know, crazy, you know, I guess Patriots fan or whatever, like people are going to point out the flaws that they see in their own team and, and tell you not to do it. But, uh, I'm not listening to you. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you're not wrong. Like you should ask people close to the team and they, their, their outlook seems to be more, or for the most part, more dark than, than like somebody who's playing the board, because when you're playing the board, you see the value. But when you're talking to a fan you're like, well, I see the flaws, the deep flaws in the team. And I'm telling you not to buy in. It's a, that's a beautiful thing about betting. Just a beautiful thing. All right. Uh, we'll move on to some awards markets here. The Hart trophy given out to the MVP. It's going to be an interesting race uh, coming into the year. Everyone just assumed it would go to it'd be a coronation for Connor McDavid. He's still the favorite two to one, but uh, he's got a lot of company at the top. Austin Matthews is the second favorite at plus 380. Then it's Alex Ovechkin, who's plus 550. Leon Dreisaitl, uh, McDavid's running mate, seven to one. Igor Shesterkin of the Rangers is eight to one. Jonathan Uberdo is eight to one. Then you get to uh, some long shots. Kirill Kaprizov is 25 to one. Chris Kreider is 25 to one. Miko Rantanen. 35 to one, Alex Barkov, 35 to one, McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon of the Avalanche is 35 to one, and Kel McCarr is 50 to one, um, Kyle Connor also 50 to one, but I think we can probably cut it there. This is a frustrating one because I think that there are a couple guys who I'd want to play, but the numbers have shortened a lot. Like I think Uberdo is interesting. He could end up as the points leader for the season if he keeps up his, uh, his pace. Igor, he was like 60 to one three weeks ago at some places. Uh, so you missed the boat there, but I think he's going to get a lot of uh, publicity as the season winds down and, and hockey writers start to talk about, Oh, is it going to be the first uh, goal tender to win the heart since Carey price uh, almost a decade ago? If, if you wanted to take a shot on a long shot, I think Kale McCarr is like maybe a little interesting. If he has a really, really strong, last 35 games or so and the way he plays he's he's probably going to run away with the Norris trophy as top defenseman he might get onto ballots but at this point I think uh it's Matthews or McDavid um and the numbers are too short for me to get involved yeah I I don't feel super strongly anywhere here I mean Uberdo is uh one that I kind of would be most intrigued with from from a value perspective um and you know even then it's not it's not crazy uh Ovechkin I wouldn't wouldn't touch based off of what what's happening with Washington. I mean, like uh, Ovechkin's having an incredible year. And I think like from a narrative perspective, there's a lot of intrigue there. It's just like, Oh, how is he this good? And and this late in his career and there's the chase and he's got that on on his side. Uh, But like with, again, with the way Washington is trending would not touch that right now. And then, you know, Igor, like you said, you missed the boat on that. (laughs) Like you should have played that. Uh, you know, before the all-star break, you saw how this was going. And, and, you know, I think it was, it's pretty much postmarked that, you know, Igor is essentially the Rangers, uh, at, at this point. And so, uh, his name will get thrown in there, but I just, I don't see him winning it. It's gotta be, you know, if, the, if Edmonton gets into the playoffs, which I, I expect them to, uh, you know, it's Connor's going to you know, be at the top based off of, uh, you know, the production and just kind of carrying that team a little bit, but, I don't feel super strongly about McDavid or Matthews either way. And and after that, it's, I've kind of like, you know, I'm, I've, I've resigned myself to just assuming that one of those two is going to win. Yeah. I'm with you. And then I think with this market too, you can just wait and see if, if anything drifts or, you know, if somebody maybe 
pokes their head up like like Makar, uh for example uh but yeah i think of the all the awards uh the heart and the vezina are the two that uh, I really don't think have much betting intrigue to him, but this one I think has a lot. And that's the, uh, the Jack Adams, which is given to the coach of the year right now. My man, Daryl Sutter bet him before the season, uh, 50 to one. He's the favorite plus three thirty for the Calgary flames. Gerard Gallant, he's plus four fifty. Andrew Burnett, who took over for Joel Quenville for the Florida Panthers in October. Andrew Burnett, he's seven to one for the Florida Panthers. Jared Bednar of the avalanche. He's plus seven fifty. John Cooper's eight to one for the Lightning. Rod Brendamore's eight to one for the Hurricanes. Mike Sullivan, he's ten to one for the uh, Penguins. Shelby Key, for some reason, is high up on the, the list at fifteen to one. Dean Evason of the Wild, a team you like for the Cup, he's sixteen to one. Tom McClellan of the Kings is twenty to one. John Hines of the Predators, twenty to one. Uh, Craig Berube of the St. Louis Blues is also twenty to one. We'll cut it there because I don't think all that many player or all that many coaches are interesting except for one other guy who I want to talk about. And that's Bruce Boudreaux. He's 60 to one. The Vancouver Canucks are roughly four to one to make the playoffs right now. If they get in, he's getting on the ballot. He took over for this team when they're eight, 15 and two in December. And if he gets them into the postseason after that start, Bruce Boudreaux is going to get uh, a ton of votes. And whether that's enough for him to take over for take over Sutter, if the flames keep this up is remains to be seen, but I think it's going to be Sutter Probably Mike Sullivan and Boudreaux. That would be those would be my three guesses for the ballot right now. Uh, with maybe if, if Colorado just completes storms, like Jared Bednar will get on there. But um, yeah, if you're going to make a bet right now and you're looking for a fun one, I think it's Boudreaux. Yeah, I mean, it's you seem like a guy who clearly understands how the voting works for this. It's like the most surprising coach rather than uh, the necessarily like the best coach, and and so. You know, when I look at surprising, I would throw Burnett in there um, because, you know, obviously the circumstances not ideal for for him to get uh, to get that job. And he's done great um, replacing Coach Q. And, and, you know, that team hasn't really missed much of a beat uh, since since taking over. And and so, uh, you know, he's in there for me. Sutter, I think that, you know, a lot of people underestimated what the flame the flames were capable of heading into the season. And um, obviously they've done super well as of late and the odds reflect that um i i would i think that my safest bet would be brunette based off of the the season-long sample so far um but i do think that you're right i mean if you're going for straight up value boudreaux at 60 to 1 is a very smart bet because you know you, you look at um you know where that team was when he took over and even the possibility of them being a playoff team right now is like, well, you know, if even if they finish on like the wrong side of the bubble, it's like maybe he should still get some, some, some consideration based off of how low the stonks were on the Vancouver Canucks once that uh, once that change happened. Yeah. And he's an affable guy. The media loves him. He's he's got a great quote. Uh, he's bigger than Christmas, basically, right now in the NHL. And like, I think he's just someone that is fun to back which is what this award's all about. It's about the story. And like you said, the surprise coach, and that's what these, the hockey writers who are going to be writing are going to be voting for. Right. And on that note, like why not, why not throw Marty St. Louis into the mix at this point (laughs) too? I mean, that team had, the Canadians had a what eight, eight wins when he took over uh, at the beginning of this month and, or at the, at the beginning of February. And now that you know, I I believe that they ha- they had won five in a row um, before losing. Like, if you can 
if you can almost have a winning streak that matched the team win total or came within a striking distance of the team win total when you took over, uh, you know, I obviously I, I'm sort of joking here. I don't expect Marty St. Louis to be in the Jack Adams discussion, but uh, you'll get a vote. You'll get like one of those, get some those vote, like yes. a stray vote from probably like yes. Pierre Lebrun or something like that. So someone <laughs> would just throw him the one like third place vote. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, I mean, I don't I, I don't see the odds listed there, but it would be very funny to see uh, what what that would be listed at at this point in time. Yeah. the And the only other one who I think is like if you really are just going to have a laugh and are rooting for some chaos and the capitals do fall out, they just completely implode. Uh, Brad Larson is 500 to one into the Blue Jackets get into the playoffs. Oh, boy. Uh, he could at least get his name mentioned and get some tongues wagging on, you know, whether it's some of these mainstream hockey podcasts, like 32 thoughts or whatever, which, but I'm not telling you to go out there and bet Brad Larson to win the, the Jack Adams, unless he wins. Then I did. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Vezina. This one's a little more straightforward. You're basically betting. Will Igor Shesterkin stay healthy? Will he continue to play, you know, to half the form that he's been playing this season? Cause that will still be good enough to get this done. He's minus 150. Jacob Markstrom's the second choice at six to one. Andre Vasilevsky's eight plus 850. Juice Saros is 14 to one. Chuck Campbell, for some reason, is still 20 to one. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, 25 to one. Trist- Tristan Jari's 40 to one. John Gibson's 40 to one. Darcy Kemper is 45 to one. So is Connor Hellebuck. And then Thatcher Demko, uh, 60 to one. If Igor plays out the season and like nothing unforeseen comes to him, he's going to win. But if, you know, we're here to try to help you, you know, we'll give you some action down. And and I think that if he, if you're betting the Bruce Boudreaux narrative of can the Canucks get to the playoffs, you can also throw Thatcher Demko and basically apply the same logic to him. If, if Demko can will this team to the playoffs, he's going to get some, some uh, Vezina love. He's 60 to one right now. And you're basically parlaying a, a lot of things to happen if for, for Demko to win one, Shesterkin either doesn't, he's, he doesn't stay healthy or he, uh, just completely craters and uh, two Canucks get to the playoffs and three Markstrom, Vesilevsky and Saros have uh pedestrian second halves. Uh, but is that enough for 60 to one? I don't know if you're looking for one, that would be the one I would suggest. But other than that, there's it's, it's Igor or bust. Yeah, it's, it's essentially Igor or bust. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I threw some money on UC Saros at the beginning of the year. Um, and I, I still don't think that's like out of the question, especially, you know, a guy can get injured down the stretch and, you know, not, not wishing that on, on Igor, but like things happen. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I still feel okay about UC Saros based on, on the way things have gone this year. Like, especially if, if Nashville gets in and it's like, you know, we all kind of know that that's a big reason why it would happen. But I, I'll tell you, like, if you had told me, before the season that at this juncture that Tristan Jari would have better odds than like Connor Hellebuck. I'd be like, what, what are you, what are you, what happened to Connor Hellebuck? <laughs> was there, was there an accident of some sort? But uh, you know, Tristan Jari uh, has had a great bounce back campaign. Uh, what about Billy uh, uh, Huso in, in, uh, in St. Louis? I mean, it, it, we saw, I think that it's it's unlikely, but I mean, we saw what Jordan Bennington meant to that to the Blues team taking over uh, midseason a couple of years ago. It, it, now the same thing seems to be happening to Jordan Jordan Bennington with Billy Huso in uh, in St. Louis. Yeah, I, it's funny. He's he's his name hasn't like popped up on odds basically at most places, but I, you know I've been keeping an eye out for him. He's been fantastic, 
and would be like another guy worth a worth a look. I think between like Uso and Saros too, like they should be, they shouldn't be near the favorites, but they should also be uh, on the the odds board for the Hart Trophy. Like you, Saros is the MVP for the National Predators, and mm-hmm. when you're looking at like the pure uh, meaning of the award, the most valuable player to his team, Saros is in that conversation. But it's hard to find odds on him, and because these these markets just they fall by the wayside. Hockey's already a niche sport and these are niche markets and uh, bookmakers kind of just don't really pay attention all that much except to the, to the very top um, or, or if less some, some money comes in. But if you can find Uso out there in the same kind of range as Demko, I, once again, I don't hate it because you're, it's once again, you're parlaying a couple things basically. And you're saying is, is the 60 to one, is that what the parlay odds are? Um, and, and another thing to keep in mind, like I was joking a little bit about Jack Campbell. He's 20 to one. He was, he was, neck and neck with Igor at the top of the board for the entire first half of the season. And he's been the worst goaltender by goal saved above expected in the NHL since uh, Christmas there or thereabouts. So uh, these drop-offs in form, they do happen and they can happen uh, pretty like violently with goaltending with such a volatile position. Sergei Bobrovsky struggling right now. So it doesn't look like that'll ever happen with Igor. Somehow the Rangers have fallen backwards into another uh, outstanding goaltender. It's driving me nuts. Uh, But it's uh, it's not outside of the realm of possibilities, and it's also I also want to mention too with Igor, don't bet on Gerard Gallant to win the Jack Adams because That's I think crazy. everybody knows yeah, it's what's going on with the Rangers, right? Like it's it's this is this is, this is all not a coaching person. thing. Right. This is not a coaching thing. So the fact that he's the second favorite, I get why he's there because the Rangers came into the season as an outsider and hits his first season and he's coaching in New York and whatever. And I do think he's a good coach, but it's, yeah. he's not the reason that this team is over overperforming. Exactly. And, and I don't think that uh, because of the way Igor's played, it's been so outstanding and, and well noted. Uh, I don't think Gallant will get there, which is why I think uh, when I was talking about Jack Adams, you can basically skip over Gallant uh, if you are looking to, to make a bet there. Um, but yeah, for for the Vezina, it's if you want to lay the wood with Igor, I'm not going to judge you for it. But at this point, you've certainly lost basically every bit of value. But it, if he does stay in the blue paint for the Rangers, it's probably going to be his award to uh, collect come June. And uh, all right, with that, let's move on to the Calder Trophy. I think this race is actually more wide open than people think. Uh, Moritz, Moritz Sider uh, for the Red Wings, the defenseman, he's plus 225. As the favorite, Trevor Zegers is plus 275 of the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Lucas Raymond, Sider's teammate in Detroit, he's 3-1. to one. Michael Bunting, 26 or 27-year-old rookie for the uh, Maple Leafs, he's plus 450. Anton Lindell of the Florida Panthers is 12-1. to one. Then you got Jeremy Swayman, 16-1. to one. Tanner Janot of the Predators, 20-1. to one. And Matthew Boldy of the Wild, 25-1. to one. Probably cut it there. Um, okay. I don't think that this award, I feel like everyone thinks that Trevor Zegers is going to win this award because of the hype surrounding him. He's had a great season for the Ducks. Uh, no getting around that. He scored a last second game winner against the Bruins last night. He had that uh, Michigan style goal thing with uh, Sonny Milano earlier in the year. He was, people were loving what he was doing at the skills competition in the all-star game. He, he's a lot of fun to watch to the casual fan that everyone's always talking about that's out there. It's the hypothetical casual fan uh, of the NHL. Um, but I do think that Jeremy Swayman, who I bet before the season at 25 to one, he's still out there uh, 25 to one at some places. I think he's absolutely worth a shot. Yeah. 
I agree. That was that'd be my number one there. I mean, especially based off of the way that that he's played. Uh, you know, obviously took a took a bit of a dive in terms of uh, you know outlook when when Rass came back and he was the guy that was sort of the odd man out. But obviously that path has been cleared and he's been outstanding since then. And I mean, we talked about the Bruins and their outlook heading forward. And like, if the Bruins have a strong second half of the year. And, you know, they improve at the deadline and things go super well down the stretch. And Jeremy Swayman keeps playing this well. That's going to get a ton of recognition. And uh, Zegras has the name brand power. Um, and, you know, say what you want about about that and like voter tendencies. But I think Swayman is absolutely worth a shot. And I would say the same about Matt Boldy in Minnesota, too, because Matt Boldy has been unbelievable. And, you know, since coming on the scene and, and you can obviously make the case that his he's going to be hurt by uh how how late he sort of joined the squad but at this point he's making up for lost time and the numbers are great he's passed the eye test he's certainly drawn a ton of attention and again i think that minnesota is going to be a strong team down the stretch and boldy's probably going to be a big factor in, in part of that so definitely worth a shot at 25 to 1 there i think boldy is is interesting he's he's got 18 points in 20 games he's going to play another 20 uh, if he ends up around that 40-point mark or cl- comes close to 20 goals, he's definitely going to uh, at least be talked about for the award. And this, the thing with, with Swayman that I like right now is that his competition for playing time is Linus Olmark, who has been, I guess, if I'm being kind to him, inconsistent. He's not been good Great. for the Bruins. <laughs> yeah, he's not been good for the Bruins this season. Uh, but Swayman has been outstanding. Three shutouts. Uh, if you look at his surface level stats, like a 930 save percentage, his underlying metrics, the goal saved above expected. He's uh, when you when you kind of prorate that out to 60 per 60 minutes, he's third or fourth in the NHL. Like he could play himself into like a Vezina conversation as well. He's playing that well right now. Um, and the question always was playing time with him. Will he get enough starts? I think he's going to if he stays healthy. Uh, and if the Bruins continue to play the way they're do, uh, they're playing right now, I think what one five or six at the time of recording, Swayman. And, and they can maybe even stay in touch with Toronto or whoever for that third, uh, third seed in the Atlantic. Swayman, yeah, is going to get on, uh, get some votes. And then you're also looking at it from a game theory perspective with Cider and Raymond. They'll probably split votes because they're on the same team. All of a sudden that opens a door for maybe a third man in, uh, and that could be Swayman. So, yeah, I think Swayman, Boldy uh, are the two guys to go for. I know Tanner Janot was catching some hype earlier in the season. He's He might score 25 goals, and if you – think that he can get to that mark he might get on a ballot if the other guys slow down but it's it's Swayman Boldy Janelle for me in this market but I think that this one and Jack Adams are both uh worth getting into and and taking a shot on uh on some of the guys we've been mentioning I mean with that that basically wraps it up the uh NHL season we're heading towards the trade deadline big names out there Claude Giroux uh, is probably the biggest fish I think you could see some goaltending moves but like I said at the top like you you if you're going to make a bet on a team that you think is going to make a splash, make sure to do it before because the market tends to overreact to trades like that. And on that note, I want to remind you that you can listen to our any show betting show. We call it line change every Tuesday and Thursday morning. That's with me and so many sports of gambling Twitter. Uh, we break down those nights uh, slates and we'll probably expand that coverage for the playoffs for people. Blackburn of Bally sports. I'm Michael Leboff. We'll probably see you on this feed right before the playoffs start. This has been the Action Network Podcast. Thank you for listening. 